Welcome to Business Buzz. This is your host, Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Another lovely Chico afternoon. We're in the thick of tax season. I enjoy getting in here. It's kind of like taking a break from the real world and sitting behind the microphone here and talking with you about a few interesting ideas. When the new tax law got passed, it was, I believe it was something like December 22nd, and that only left everyone about nine days between that and the end of the year to get ready to figure it out. So what's happened this tax season is it's sort of been a double duty because not only does everybody have to look back and figure out what happened in their 2017 with the old tax law and get all that work done. But in addition to that, there's planning for the new tax law. And with the rates being lower, the pro- the one problem I've seen that you might want to pay attention to, the withholding tables for 2018 have decreased so that if you have other, if you've got your withholding kind of set up, like you're married in two or single in one, if you've got that set up properly, you might need to do some adjusting on that for 2018 because the tables have changed quite a bit and they really have lowered the amount of withholding tax that's coming out. So if you had it kind of set for 2017 and if you're someone who has some other types of income, maybe some dividend income or some rental income or business income, your withholding amount might not be enough now that the new withholding rules have kicked in on the new 2018 tables. It's not necessarily the problem, but you might want to double check that because I have seen some cases where couples that are relying on their withholding to cover their taxes, it just isn't quite enough with the new rates and the new tables that came into effect they came into effect in February, but some companies didn't get them going until March. And with a new tax law being started that soon, cl- that close to the end of the year, there was no way everybody could get these tables ready even by February 1st. Some of them couldn't get ready to get their computers done for the proper withholding. Today is a interesting day in the markets. I don't follow a minute by minute, obviously, during tax season. I'm Really, just this time of year, I'm basically just working late to try to get all the work caught up and then sleeping in. But I did notice that today, the stock market's up and good old cryptocurrencies are up. They're doing very well. I just heard uh, commentary mention that Bitcoin was up about 10% today. I haven't had a chance to look into the charts or take a look at the actual prices, but that's a good sign. It's sort of a leading indicator for the stock market. When you look back, uh, when they start doing good, money starts going into the stock market also. I was thinking it's kind of interesting that there's a whole generation now that may not be into investing in the stock market and the bond market and all the usual investments because these young people are growing up with these cryptocurrency investments. So this could spell a major change in the market over the next decade or two where people in general aren't really convinced that the stock market is the place they want their money to be. It's just an idea. I mean, the stock market will never go away. Technically, you own a share of all these large companies that are doing all this business. One of the problems is that people don't feel real connected with something that when you see when you see that these markets i don't know it just seems like this whole thing where people aren't trusting the news i think that could spill over into where young people aren't going to trust things like the stock market and the bond market but then again that has been the norm for the general investments for the last couple of hundred years so i'm not sure that's really going to change in any major fundamental way but i do know that the young generation uh, is a lot more oriented towards uh, computers, uh, things that are fast, things that are right there on the palm of their hand on their smartphone. Uh, that can be done with stocks too, but it's in some ways good quality stocks that don't move up and down a lot aren't going to be something that young people who are used to these 
three-second attention span type things that this whole generation is kind of growing up with, with all this connected things. I'm not sure they're going to be the regular investors that their parents were. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at. The other thing is it's almost like information overload. I turn on Bloomberg a lot of times just to see what's happening with the business news and the stock market news, and they'll get into a little geopolitical news too, which I like to keep up on, especially when things are being threatened to, you know, start World War III. Anytime you wake up, you might be reading something like that. I personally don't feel that that's imminent. I've been reading a lot of things. I don't want to get real political because this is the business buzz after all, and I want to stay on the business side. But I'm not so sure that Anything we read is really what is happening, and when you really dig down and start researching and listening to people who really do research, you find that what you hear is not necessarily what's actually going on. I'm pretty convinced that, I mean, this whole North Korea thing, wasn't it just a month or two ago we were all thinking that we were all going to be nuked uh, from North Korea and It's like behind the scenes, somebody went over there and pretty much fixed things, at least calmed everything down, and it doesn't seem like that's such a big threat anymore. I'm guessing that this whole thing, with the new administration, I'm guessing that the whole Middle East thing, which is so complicated that I don't understand everything, of course, nobody really does, but it's so complicated that in my opinion, the new administration is going to be a lot more slow in moving than some people might expect if they listen to the news. I don't think anybody's going to jump to anything over there. I think everybody's going to use calmer heads and hopefully will avert any real major trouble. Just the fact that you have to tolerate that. I was saying I listened to Bloomberg on TV sometimes just to catch up and it's like information overload. You have one screen with the talking heads reading their news stories. You have the right hand side where worldwide business news is kind of flowing down the page, you know, uh, like renewed every three seconds, a new little headline pops up. And then you have the ticker along the bottom where all these little news, one ticker has all these little news stories flashing by, and the other ticker has prices and stock prices and commodity prices. It's like, that's totally like information overload. It's almost like if they give us enough information, we'll be so overloaded and distracted that we won't really be able to listen or pay attention to the main points that we need to know. Now, that's just a theory of mine. I'm not saying that I'm correct, but it's almost like this information society we're in is not really helping anybody because there's too much information. It's almost like you can decide between so many choices that you end up not being able to decide. That's kind of how it seems to me, and it makes it to where you really have to step back and try to focus and say, you know, I'm not going to watch a thousand symbols go by on this ticker. I'm just going to calmly think about what I might want to do. And the other thing to remember is, like I've said before, when I talk about fake markets, everything we look at is, number one, it's being generated by computer algorithms. It's being generated on a computer the buy and sells of all the little ticks, all the little pennies. Uh, This is not uh, Mr. and Mrs. John Q. Public calling up their broker and saying, oh, I want to buy 50 shares of General Electric, like it might have been 60 years ago. This is actually a bunch of computers trying to analyze all these different uh, data. There's so much data that it's not even funny. My son is a grad student And he has a thing going where his project for his economics paper requires all this data. So, I mean, there's so much data that it's just, it's overwhelming. And 
now that I'm in the middle of tax season here, and I'm, of course, taking a break today to be with you and try to give you a little bit of education, maybe maybe give you a spark to think of something in a new way. I've actually got a couple real interesting things in store today, and I think you'll enjoy them. There are, there are so many things going on in this world called cryptocurrency. There's actually, uh, there's actually events around the world, like big conferences. And I just listened to a man on the, I listened to YouTube for some news and some commentary from some of the people that I respect as far as being good researchers knowledgeable people having to do with investments, uh, things like that. People you'll probably never see on CNBC or Fox Business News. And what he was saying was the big conferences that they have regarding cryptocurrencies is very reminiscent of the conferences and the excitement and the crowds that they would have in the 90s when there was something, a big show or a big conference talking about internet. And what I was interested in was listening to his analysis of the parallels between the internet in the 1990s and cryptocurrencies now. At the time, there were a lot of people like myself, and I specifically remember my friend who visited from the Bay Area, who's a Silicon Valley type guy, always working in computer programming jobs, things like that. And I remember he visited like in the, it was probably in 1994, maybe 1995. And I was telling him, I was looking in the bookstore. That was back when Tower Books used to be in downtown Chico, my favorite retail store of Chico. It's since long gone. And I was mentioning that I was interested in a book about computer uh, connectivity and internet things. And I remember he said to me, he said, well, Harold, the thing to look at is called the World Wide Web. That's what you want to learn about. That's going to be the big thing. So that was probably in 1994. And if I had have really dug in at that time and really gotten a handle on what was going on, I may have been someone who might have purchased Yahoo stock in 1995 or eBay stock. Who knows? Uh, Microsoft, I'm not sure. What I'm saying is that at the time it was confusing. Not everybody understood it. It was sort of like information that you just didn't have unless you went and actually dug for it. You had to actually go and look for the information. That may be where we're at right now in the world of the cryptocurrency world. Most people don't really understand what it's about. I am not an expert by any means, but I've learned what I can. I've invested, I've enjoyed it, and I've seen the potential for when money comes in, there just isn't room for all this. In other words, when there's only so many of a cryptocurrency and money comes in, the only natural reaction in a market like that is for prices to go up. When supply is limited and demand starts rising, the only way the supply can keep up with the demand is higher prices. That's one of the basics of economics that people seem to forget these days. It works the same way in the precious metals, but as I've said before, the precious metals are so heavily manipulated downward by what I'll just call the powers that be that it's not necessarily, the price won't necessarily reflect the true supply and demand price that should be reflected. I'm coming up on that first break. I will see you after the break. Come back and stay tuned to Business Buzz. I'll be back with some more real interesting information, and I hope I'm going to end up making you and saving you a lot of money. Shoot. 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 What's the matter? My GPS just told me to turn right, but there wasn't a road there. Oh. And now it keeps telling me to make a U-turn. FEMA says you should always have a map on hand for emergencies in times like right now. Yeah, I could use one, because my GPS only shows me where I am. 
And sometimes I need to see more of the area. I'll buy one when we get back. Oh, you don't gotta buy one. They got great new maps out from Mass Marketing, and, and you can get one for free. Do I have to give my email address or sit through a presentation or something? No, just stop by any of these businesses that sponsor them. Like, like in Megalia, stop by Greg Bell's Roofing. 6314 Cumberland Drive in Megalia. Or Oroville at the Oroville Library, 1820 Mitchell Avenue. Ace Reynolds in Paradise, located on Clark Road, 5810 Clark Road in Paradise. And Feather River Hospital, 5974 Pence Road in Paradise. Also in Paradise, you can stop by Larry Nifong's office at Coldwell Banker, 7020 Skyway. And always, check out KKXX Radio for a big stack of maps. 1363 Longfellow Avenue in Chico. Oh, I drive past them all the time. Now, go to where the road splits and turn left, and the center's right on the right. You think you just know everything, don't you? I'm just saying. Welcome back to Business Buzz. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm so glad I'm able to talk with you today. It's another nice Chico afternoon. We're lucky to be Northern California residents. I visit Southern California now and then, and I'll take the pace here much more than the traffic down there. That's all I can say. Even though I have encountered some very, very weird traffic here in Chico, but it's usually, I would say it's around that time, probably around this time of day, between, say, 2.30 and 3.30, and I'm guessing it's mainly due to the parents picking up the children from school, but that time of day is really tough. If you don't have children to pick up and if you have a choice of when you need to go out and run some errands, I can tell you that you really need to avoid downtown Chico and uh, Val Ambrosia area at around 2.30 to 3.30. It is hectic. I was talking about cryptocurrencies being possibly at the same status and the same place in the timeline as the internet was in the early 90s. I do remember that before about 94 or 95, there was limited connection to the internet. There was dial-up. There was that place that Sears, Sears was one of the players there. I can't remember the name of the service that got you online, but it was definitely dial-up, hard to get on. When you did get on, you felt like you lucked out. But then by about the late 90s, I'd say by 97 or 98, AOL was totally taking over everything. Everybody was online in some form or another. And it's amazing because it's only been 23 years since 1995. And some of the biggest companies in the world weren't even around in 1995. I know some started in 95. I believe eBay and Yahoo, a lot of those type of companies started around then. It's pretty amazing now that the internet is a backbone. It's the daily activity of business. Every time you go to the store and use your debit card, your information is getting, your payments being made through the internet. Everything that businesses do are emails, communications, it's all internet-based. So if we could go back in time 23 years knowing now what we know, there's no doubt that we could be billionaires now because we know what has happened in the last 23 years just in the department, just in the subject of the internet alone. It's completely dominated everything. It's it's taken whole industries and just squashed them like Godzilla visiting Tokyo. Newspapers, I very rarely see anybody, not let alone buying one, I very rarely see anyone reading one. I do notice that some people still subscribe to the local newspaper because I see them delivered in the morning on the driveways, but it isn't that many. So the entire newspaper industry has been changed. 
now with Uber as a method of people to get rides, the entire taxi industry has changed. There's just so many industries that have been affected, not always in a good way, but what I'm trying to say is that it's a daily way of life that almost everybody is involved in, whether you want to be or not. Like I say, when you go to the store and use your debit card, it's all internet-based when you pay. That is where we might be with this cryptocurrency world. It might be that in a few years, it'll be a commonplace occurrence that we are using this new form of money. And the thing to remember about this new form of money called cryptocurrency, it's not the standard bank-based central bank world. The entire money system has been controlled at least for 105 years here in the United States by private institutions that have been allowed to control the money. This is a whole new paradigm where money value trading is happening outside of the realm of the central bank system that's been in effect for over 100 years. If there's a chance that this is true, that we're at the edge like we were in the mid-90s with the internet coming, if that's true, then this cryptocurrency idea is very big and it could change everything over the next 10 or 20 years. In that light, I and a couple of colleagues have put together a seminar that's coming up and our new date for the seminar is Tuesday, May 15th. It's at 6 p.m. It is at Unwind at 980 and it's called the Cryptocurrency Investment Seminar. We will have live demonstrations hands-on showing how to begin to explore and learn about this world of cryptocurrencies. It's not, it's not a seminar in the sense that we're going to try to upsell you and get your money. There's going to be a $97 ticket price. That includes a four-star dinner at Unwind, and anybody who's been to Unwind knows how good the food is. I'm going to actually be there this afternoon and have my dinner there. This three-hour seminar might just might change your life. If you're interested in any kind of trading, investing, long-term, short-term, or just learning what this is all about, we're going to educate you. We have experts that are very knowledgeable in all the nuts and bolts of how to do it, and we're going to teach you that. It's going to be really exciting. We've moved the date to May 15th. Uh, we originally were set up for April 24th, but there's just no way to get everything coordinated and uh, all of the proper marketing out when I have tax season through the 17th. The due date for all your taxes this coming week is Tuesday the 17th. So this seminar is going to be May 15th. I'll have more details next week on how you can go and actually sign up and buy your tickets. But just keep in mind that May 15th at 6 p.m. at Unwind, which is the former Blockbuster building, that's going to be a very entertaining three-hour session, and you'll get a great meal, and we're donating 10% of the profits to the Butte Humane Society. If you can mark your calendar for that, I think it'll be something that'll really pay off in the long run just even if you don't trade as a, as a day trader, even if you don't treat this as an investment, you will be ahead of 90% of everyone else on your knowledge of this entire field that may be coming to revolutionize the whole world of money. It's not a stretch when you think about if someone had told me in the mid-90s that within 20 years, most newspapers would be basically obsolete. The Postal Service general uh, letter mails would be completely replaced by electronic mail, which is the long word for email. 
If someone had told you that, you probably wouldn't have believed them. I'm telling you that there's a chance that this cryptocurrency space could be the next internet. You could at least learn enough to have a handle on that and possibly make a lot of money investing and or trading. Now, I'm not a financial planner. This is not financial advice. It's purely for entertainment purposes, but I like to share things that I'm learning and I think it's fun to learn things and you could really learn something new that might theoretically uh, change your life. I think it's worth at least looking into. So keep May 15th, uh, Tuesday at 6 p.m. at Unwind at 980, which is 980 Mangrove. Keep that in mind. I'll be right back with more business buzz. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Stay tuned. With home mortgage rates still near historic lows, now is a great time to buy or refinance. Michael Humes is your one-stop mortgage lender. Michael Humes and his knowledgeable staff are well-versed in a wide variety of loan types, including FHA, Fannie Mae, USDA, HomePath, and HARP. For a free evaluation of your mortgage needs, call him, 530-624-7942. That's 530-624-7942. Be sure to listen to Michael's Mortgage Market Update every Wednesday at 2.30 on Your Home Today. This is Michael Humes, Mortgage Specialist at Network Mortgage, located at 155 East 3rd Avenue. Then I'm a lost license, 230273. BRE license, 01250862. Employed by Network Mortgage, BRE license, 0184-0139. And a lost license, 358237. Equal housing opportunity. With all the outdoor fun in the North State, sometimes it's hard to always protect your skin from those damaging rays. Do you have questions about those new spots in your skin? Then maybe it's time for a skin check with Dr. Paul Sabin, a board-certified dermatologist specializing in medical and surgical skin care. Call today to schedule your appointment at 342-3424. That's 342-3424. Or visit his website, northvalleydermatology.com. Welcome back to Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm very wary of this stock market lately. If anybody's noticed, it seems to go up and down by hundreds of points a day if you look at the Dow Industrial Average, which is only 30 stocks. They aren't very industrial. And it's just, I've been harping on this, but it is so easy for some entity to buy up a few of these stocks every day to make the Dow look like it's in good condition. So I'm going to read a little bit from an article that just came out on uh, April 12th. And it's by my favorite author, Egon von Greyers. His website is called Gold Switzerland. And the title of this one that he just wrote uh, very recently is, As Gold Breaks Out, the World is on the Precipice. Now remember, I'm always staying positive, and the positive in these things that I tell you is that it's going to allow you to protect yourself. It's going to allow you to get ahead of the game, ahead of the curve, on what could happen with your money that's being stored digitally in computers here and there in your retirement accounts, in your bank accounts, in your dividend investment accounts at Merrill Lynch. It's all stored digitally by computers. I give you this as a positive because I want you to at least take part of your money, part of your wealth, and protect the rest of your wealth by having something that won't go down on a computer. Now, I know I just talked about cryptocurrencies, and they can go up and down also. So, you know, I'm not recommending that you take all of your money and move it all into cryptocurrencies. I am saying that it's a great way to trade, and you might enjoy it and make a profit, which is what I'm basically doing with it, and that's, that's my only interest in it, is what's in it for me. Like I say, it could end up being the new internet, but for my little corner of the world here in 
little Butte County in California. I just want to learn enough about it to trade and turn that into other things. In other words, if you buy and sell something, what are you buying and selling it in? What what is what's your in and out currency? Well, for us, it's U.S. dollars. Well, here's what I like to do: I like to go in and out of something and make a profit. But then, when I make a profit, I take those dollars that are profits and I buy something real. And that's why I like Mr. Von Greyers because he likes something real also. And part of your portfolio should be in something real too which would pretty much be physical gold. I'm going to read this article, and we're just going to kind of listen to some interesting thoughts. As the world is standing on the precipice of a total breakdown, both economically and geopolitically, an obvious question is, where is the money coming from to save the world from perdition? The same question was asked to Maharishi Mahesh Yogi in the 1970s when he was starting a global spiritual project. Maharishi was the founder of Transcendental Meditation and known as the guru of groups like the Beatles and Beach Boys. When asked where is the money coming from, he replied, from wherever it is now. That principle would work well in a system of sound money. Money would flow to sound investments and causes. But the financial system has not been based on sound money for a long time. Instead, we have false money money which is fabricated by central banks and commercial banks. This money has zero value and is backed by nothing, zilch, nada. So governments and individuals have spent money that doesn't exist. This is why the world is sitting on a debt mountain, including derivatives of around $2.5 quadrillion. I'll just take an aside here on that. That number is so big that you can't even fathom it it would probably be $1,000 bills stacked from here to the moon. That would be my guess. And I mean stacked tightly. It's such a large number, there's not even any need in, in, uh, in playing with it. So I'll continue. The world is now facing the risk of a total breakdown of the world economy and the financial system. The artic- uh, and then his article last week covers the reasons for the monumental change the world will soon experience. Then his headline here, heading here, where is the money coming from? As banks collapse, governments default, companies go bankrupt, and individuals become destitute, where is the money coming from that will save the world? There are only two possible sources. The first one is a miraculous improvement in the world economy whereby most countries would produce surpluses to the extent of hundreds of trillions of dollars in the next few years, and the debt would be repaid. Fat chance that this will happen. Before that, we would see elephants fly, too. For years, the world has had to print and borrow more money to stand still. We have now reached the point when false money creates a negative real return. And it should be self-evident that printed money can never create wealth, but sadly, this is understood by few. The only other solution is to borrow and print more money in order to repay existing debt. This is what most Keynesians will recommend. What a wonderful scheme. You borrow more money in order to solve a debt problem. Why don't we all stop working and just print money? Sounds like a great system. The problem is that the world has reached the point of no return and the current system ain't working. Thus, there is no acceptable solution. The next headline section of this is the fraud will soon be revealed. As the financial system implodes, there will initially be unlimited money printing by central banks, but this time it will have no effect. The world will finally realize that creating wealth by putting ink on pieces of paper or pressing a button to fabricate trillions of dollars or euros is a massive fraud. This fraud has been going on for most of the last 100 years, but ordinary people will soon learn the hard way how governments have ruined their lives and the world economy. The current fragile state of the world and the dire consequences of the coming breakdown would never be printed or in a newspaper nor discussed on television. Ordinary people indoctrinated by governments and the media are as bullish today as they were in 1929 before the crash or the crashes of 1973, 1987, 2000, or 2007. Nobody understands that the world is facing insurmountable problems that can no longer be repaired by corrupt, hocus-pocus wizardry. 
Virtually nobody will prepare for the imminent collapse. This is because neither the so-called experts nor ordinary people can see or understand the risks. Then there is also the belief that governments will save the world once more by flooding it with printed money. So where is the money coming from for, and then he has the bullet points, food. There is likely to be major food shortages in the world. Food prices will hyperinflate and many people will not get sufficient food, leading to famine and malnourishment. The unemployed. In the U.S., for example, real unemployment is today not 4%, but 23%. That could easily grow to 50% or more. Same in most Western countries. Social Security. Governments will be insolvent and have no money for Social Security, unemployment, or other benefits. Pensions. Most people in the world don't have a pension today that will adequately provide for their old age. And for the ones who do, most existing pension schemes are severely underfunded. Also, pension funds are mainly invested in stocks, bonds, and real estate. These three bubble markets will collapse, and pension funds will become insolvent. This will be one of the many disaster areas for the world. Medical care. The level of government-supported medical care will deteriorate dramatically, and many hospitals will close. There will be private care for the ones who can afford it. Payment could be in the form of barter, like food or a bottle of whiskey, and gold, of course. Government. Both central and local government will run out of money and many departments will close down. Most of that will be beneficial as bureaucracy and waste disappears. A lot of services that socialist governments have provided will cease to exist. Law and order. With hungry and dissatisfied citizens, there will be civil unrest. There will not be enough paid policemen, so governments will use the army and introduce compulsory conscription. If there is not enough money to pay the army, they will be paid like in Zimbabwe with food coupons. I'll be right back after this last break. Don't despair. This is a positive message. I'm warning you that you have a way to protect part of your wealth. Harold Littlejohn CPA will be right back after the break. This is Buzz Beatty. You know, there's nothing like needing a plumber but not feeling confident who to call. I'm sure glad someone referred me to Gold Bond Plumbing. Gordon did a great job replacing my water heater and repairing the damage the old one caused. In fact, I'm so happy with Gold Bond Plumbing that I've asked Gordon to be a regular guest on Your Home Today. If you need a plumber who works like a bear for a price that's fair, call Gold Bond Plumbing at 321-4203. Now also serving Corning. Orland and Willows. License number 933807. How are you going to get to the Sacramento airport? Use North Valley Shuttle. It's easy online at NorthValleyShuttle.com. Don't be that person who bugs their friends or family to take you. Book online right now at NorthValleyShuttle.com. North Valley Shuttle has added new departure and arrival times each week for your convenience. Serving Chico, Paradise, Oroville, Gridley, Live Oak, and Yuba City, Marysville. North Valley Shuttle gets you there quickly and safely. Leave the car at home and let NorthValleyShuttle.com do the driving. License PSC 20791. I'm Scott Ulrich. I'm Ben Taney. And I'm Matt Four. This is Jessica Wilkerson, one of your hosts of Chico Now. A half hour designed for the community and brought to you by the community. Each day, one of our hosts will join with people from organizations throughout the greater Chico area. We want to let you know what's happening in Chico Now. So join us at 1230 Monday through Friday here on KKXX for Chico Now. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. How has your life changed since you were married? This is Real Family Life with marriage and family expert Dennis Rainey. It's Thursday, April 12th. From this day forward. For better, for worse. For richer. For poorer. In sickness. And in health. To cherish you. To respect you. Forsaking all others. As long as we both shall live. As long as we both shall live. Hmm. 
Back when I was single, Saturdays were spent fishing, watching the game of the week, or generally doing my own thing. <laughs> I'll never forget one of the first weekends together after our honeymoon. All of a sudden, it hit me like a blast of chilly Arctic air. I can't do what I want to do on Saturday anymore. I have somebody else's needs to consider besides my own. Since then, I've made some great strides, but selfishness still shows its ugly face from time to time. I've discovered that a great marriage is made of two people who know how to deny themselves. If both husband and wife are willing to sacrifice their own desires, it's amazing how individual needs can be met over time. One final thought. What selfish activities are you still holding on to? Why not consider sacrificing your own pleasure and do something that would really please your spouse tonight? I'm Dennis Rainey, and that's Real Family Life. Welcome back to Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn, CPA, on a lovely Chico afternoon. I'm just finishing up a little bit of this Egon von Greyer's article. It's important to read this to you because you need to be aware that not all you hear is correct and it's not as it seems. So I'm just going to continue here with a little more reading and then I'm going to read something else that's very interesting. And like I say, this is positive because I want you to realize that you should put part of your wealth into something real that doesn't have another party on the other side required to fulfill their obligation for you to get your money back, basically. Let's call a spade a spade there. Okay. Now, this article, I just go into a couple more things. World population will decline. The world has had many crises of various degrees in the past, be it the Black Death in the mid-1300s, when an estimated 75 to 200 million people died in Europe and Asia. Around 50% of Europe's population is estimated to have perished. In World War I, around 20 million people died, and in World War II, around 60 to 80 million. So major catastrophes are part of history, and the coming one could also see a major reduction in world population, be it from economic crisis, famine, disease, social unrest, or war. From the mid-1800s to today, world population has grown from 1 billion to 7.6 billion. If we look at the graph, it is a straight spike up in the last 170 years. From a technical perspective, spikes up are always corrected by a spike down. We can't tell when exactly that spike down will come, but it is likely to be connected to the coming collapse of the financial system. A reduction in global population of 3 to 4 billion in the next few decades is a real possibility. Another risk which will materialize at some point is the change in polarity of the North and South Poles. This normally happens every two to 300,000 years, but the last time was 780,000 years ago. The Earth's magnetic field has weakened 15% in the last 200 years, and that is a strong indication that a flip is due. Recent satellite data from the European Space Agency also indicates that a flip is imminent. The problem with a flip is that it would make some areas of the world un inhabitable by knocking out the power grids. People would also die from much higher radiation. Uh, in addition to the insoluble economic and financial problems in the world, the geopolitical situation is now so serious that we might not need to worry about the economy. The West, led by the U.S., seems determined to push the Russian bear into a corner. Anyway, he goes on to say all that. But my positive out of this is that uh, he goes on to say, the trends that I have been forecasting for a while in my newsletters are still intact. Stocks have topped. Dollar will crash together with other currencies. Interest rates will go a lot higher longer term. Gold and silver stocks are an incredible bargain. Physical gold and silver are ready to move a lot higher. Gold and silver are now breaking out and on their way to new highs. So get out of stocks, dollar, and debt. Buy precious metals mining stocks. But remember, they are held within the financial system if you don't go for direct registration. Thus, you are subject to custodial and counterparty risk. The best form of wealth preservation is physical gold stored outside the banking system. So that was Egon von Greyer's today. I know I read quite a bit out of that, but I just want to harp on these points because you really need to know this. Almost everything you own, unless it's physical, almost everything you own has what's called counterparty risk. Uh, 
you call up the broker and you say, can I have my $1,000 this month from my investment account? Well, there's a counterparty. There's a, a, a party on the other side of that agreement that has to liquidate something and send you the money so you can have a check in your hand. Of course, in the old days, it was a check in your hand. Uh, now it's guaranteed to be a electronic transfer into your electronic digits in your electronic money account. And that is the what's called counterparty risk. There have been cases over the last few years where people who had accounts with, there's a guy named John Corzine, who is a, he was a former New Jersey senator. He basically stole billions of dollars from his customers' trust accounts. Uh, It's a, but what's interesting is if you read the type of articles I read, and I've pointed you guys to all the good places to read your news, zerohedge.com. Uh, silverdoctors.com is good for, you know, interesting interviews. rents.com is a great place for actual news that isn't bogus. It's actually just a page. It's just a page full of links to other news articles uh, with headlines that you just click on them and read, and usually from foreign newspapers because even though the U.S., you know, even though the foreign newspapers still aren't that great, they're better than the U.S. newspapers as far as getting any real news. So my positive out of that article I read is that, okay, so there's all these possibilities of bad things happening. Why not take five or 10% of your wealth and put it in something real that will not go down in value? I like to share the allegory. I've mentioned this before, but I'll go over it again. It's an allegory from a Toastmaster's speech I gave a few years back, and uh, here's how it works. The Smith and the Jones family are both in the bank because Grandpa Smith and Grandpa Jones just passed away, and both families are in the bank heading to the safety deposit box to see what Grandpa had to leave them for his legacy. And uh, Grandpa had opened this bank, uh, this safe deposit box, probably in the 1940s, each, both grandpas. So the Smiths opened their safe deposit box from Grandpa Smith, and lo and behold, there was $3,500 in $20 bills. Now, barring the fact that there would be some numismatic value possibly from some of the old bills, so maybe you could sell those to a coin dealer and get more than $3,500, but the point of the allegory is This Smith family opened up the safety deposit box and Grandpa Smith had left $3,500 in currency. So they're thinking in their mind, okay, there's, there's five of us. We each inherited $700. Hey, let's go, you know, have a weekend in Tahoe. I got 700 bucks. Now the Jones family comes in right afterwards and they're opening Grandpa Jones safety deposit box that he filled in the 1940s. And they open it up, and inside that safety deposit box is 100 gold coins. At the time Grandpa Jones put that money in the safety deposit box, those were $35 each. That was the price of gold. Grandpa Jones had enough foresight, though, to realize that gold is money and paper is paper. Now, that Jones family each gets, uh, I'm sorry, uh, we had uh, 35 gold coins that Grandpa Jones invested the 3,500 in. So they each now get 70 gold coins. Well, the 70 gold coins that each person has are worth right now in today's low, seriously suppressed gold prices, about $90,000 each. Uh, 70 uh, would be 70,000. Yes, that would be uh, about $90,000 each. So those 35 coins, I'm sorry, the 35 coins that Grandpa Jones put away are worth a lot more than the than the $3,500 in currency that Grandpa Smith put away. And that is, uh, I'm sorry, they each have seven of them. So each one has, uh, 
the 35 coins end up being worth, I'm sorry, I did the math wrong. You know, this tax season, I was up, I was up till about 5 a.m. working. I'm really apologizing for my, my math slowdown today. They have 100 gold coins. That family can now turn those coins in today and get about $135,000. Then they could each take $700, go to Tahoe for the weekend, and still have left $131,500. That is the lesson of real money versus paper money. Paper money is only worth the paper that it's printed on, and it's only worth what people believe it's worth. Now, before I end today's show, I have a little reading I want to do out of my favorite book called A Course in Miracles. I picked a favorite chapter I like. But before I start that, because I've only got about four minutes left in the program here, I want to say thanks for listening. I want to remind you that May 15th from 6 to 9 p.m. is a time you should cross off on your calendar. We're having the Cryptocurrency Investment Seminar. Next week, I'll be telling you how to sign up for that. It's going to be a great evening, a great dinner, a lot of fun people to talk with, and you'll learn so much about a whole new subject. It's going to be very exciting. So I am going to read to you right now a short excerpt from my favorite book called A Course in Miracles, and it is uh, chapter 13 of the text, and it's section 5 of Uh, chapter 13, and the title of this section is called The Two Emotions. I have said you have but two emotions, love and fear. One is changeless, but continually exchanged, being offered by the eternal to the eternal. In this exchange, it is extended, for it increases as it is given. The other, which is fear, has many forms, for the content of individual illusions differs greatly. Yet they have one thing in common. They are all insane. They are made of sights that are not seen and sounds that are not heard. They make up a private world that cannot be shared, for they are meaningful only to their maker, and so they have no meaning at all. In this world, their maker moves alone, for only he perceives them. So I hope you're following that. This, he's talking about the emotion of fear. He's talking about us individually. Each one of us, each one peoples his world with figures from his individual past. And it is because of this that private worlds do differ. Yet the figures that he sees were never real, for they are made up only of his reactions to his brothers and do not include their reactions to him. Therefore, he does not see he made them, and that they are not whole. For these figures have no witnesses, being perceived in one separate mind only. I'll continue. It is through these strange and shadowy figures that the insane relate to their insane world. For they see only those who remind them of these images, and it is to them that they relate. Thus do they communicate with those who are not there, and it is they who answer them. And no one hears their answer save him who called upon them, and he alone believes they answered him. Projection makes perception, and you cannot see beyond it. Again and again have you attacked your brother, because you saw in him a shadow figure in your private world. And thus it is, you must attack yourself first, for what you attack is not in others. Its only reality is in your own mind, and by attacking others you are literally attacking what is not there. The delusional can be very destructive, for they do not recognize they have condemned themselves. They do not wish to die yet they will not let condemnation go. And so they separate into their private worlds where everything is disordered and where what is within appears to be without. Yet what is within they do not see, for the reality of their brothers they cannot recognize. You have but two emotions, yet in your private world you react to each of them as though it were the other. 
For love cannot abide in a world apart, where when it comes it is not recognized. If you see your own hatred as your brother, you are not seeing him. Everybody draws nigh unto what he loves and recoils from what he fears, and you react with fear to love and draw away from it. Yet fear attracts you, and believing it is love, you call it to yourself. Your private world is filled with figures of fear you have invited into it, and all the love your brothers offer you, you do not see. That's it today for Business Buzz. Harold Littlejohn, CPA, heading back to the office for more tax fun. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Protection Plus says the right to bear arms is a Second Amendment privilege that we've held sacred for over 200 years. And Protection Plus stands proud and firm for those foundations of freedom, freedoms that still ring true today. That message from Protection Plus in Paradise, your full-service certified NRA training professionals in all aspects of firearms. For more information, call Protection Plus at 530-872-9457. That's 530-872-9457. Reminding us that we live in the land of the free, thanks to our brave. When science needs no evidence. This is Ken Ham, an Aussie transplant with a passion for sharing the truths of God's Word. In a millions of years worldview, comets are a big problem. You see, every time a comet orbits close to the sun, it gets smaller. Eventually, it disintegrates. In just a few million years, there wouldn't be any comets left in our solar system. Yet there still are. To explain this, secular scientists propose the Oort cloud. Now, it's a belief that comets are supposedly produced before they're pulled into our solar system. Now, there's absolutely no observational evidence for this Oort cloud, yet most astronomers accept its existence. When we start with God's Word, we don't need to invent imaginary comet makers. God created the universe, including comets, just a few thousand years ago. Discover more about our young universe when you visit our website at AnswersRadio.com and sign up to receive free daily email insights from Ken Ham at AnswersRadio.com. How seriously do you take your marriage vows? This is Real Family Life with marriage and family expert Dennis Rainey. Today is Monday, April 16th. Well, I've been married a couple times before, and uh, marriage was never a first priority of mine. So now I just recently got married again, and I'm trying to make it my first priority. Have you noticed that the world does not take marriage seriously? Did you hear about the company that created a unique wedding gift that you can give? Divorce insurance. This is a gift that contains a policy given to newlyweds so that their marriage doesn't work out, (laughs) well, they can collect the proceeds to pay for the legal expenses of their divorce. No matter what our culture says, marriage is a sacred covenant. It's between a man, a woman, and their God for a lifetime. It's a public vow of how you'll relate to one another as you form a new family unit. Your marriage covenant is a binding obligation that God expects you to take seriously, even when we don't. One final thought. Does your spouse know that you're taking your wedding vows seriously? Why not take the hand of your mate tonight and reassure him or her that you are committed to your marriage until you're parted by death? I'm Dennis Rainey, and that's real family life. Hi, it's Matt Four. And Erica Smith. And you should join us every Friday for Chico.
KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR, Chico, Yuba City, Marysville. With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. Some would call it a surprise twist in the legal fight over what should happen to records the FBI seized from President Trump's personal attorney. In a New York courtroom, Trump lawyer Michael Cohen was forced to reveal that he had also secretly done legal work for Fox News host Sean Hannity. The broadcaster is a close friend.